Welcome back to Damon Bruce Plus. Here on the Plus, we bring you the very, very best when it comes to covering the NBA. ESPN's very, very best at that is our good friend Nick Friedel. How are you, pal? You're a sight for sore eyes. Damon, it is great to be with you. It's great to be on the Plus, and it's making me miss our uh, our time together out there in the Bay. But uh, there is always, always something to talk about with the Warriors, and I feel like. We are having a conversation at a perfect time. Did you think that Mike Dunleavy was going to be as bold in his first steps as he's proven himself to kind of be? Yeah, I, I really did. I, I've i known Mike for a while. I covered him when he was playing for the Bulls. He's a really smart guy. He's very perceptive. And he, he never struck me as a guy who was afraid to, to get into a little trash talk, to to shake things up a little bit, to be honest, at least as a player, as to where his team was at. So when I saw that move and I was like, well, here's a big first swing from Dunleavy as the front man of that front office, it, it wasn't a surprise in that regard. Does Chris Paul make the Golden State Warriors a better basketball team today before we've even run one practice? Uh, are, are they better? I don't believe so. And certainly not good enough even Damon if you think all right well he can make him a little better if he plays in limited minutes he finds a role within the locker room I think those things are all attainable I don't think at this stage of his career he's going to make any team whether it's the Warriors or anybody else that much better when I looked at the moves and the ramifications surrounding this move this is a salary dump this is getting off the pool contract but what I kept going back to is none of these moves, and you know this better than anyone, in that Warriors organization happen unless Steph, Draymond, Steve Kerr, everybody's together and goes, all right, this is the best thing for us right now. But as far as Paul's production on the floor, I don't think he takes the Warriors from wherever they're at right now to that much of a different place. To me, three things have to happen for this Chris Paul situation to work. Number one, he has to happily accept his new role as Steph Curry's understudy. I'll believe it when I see it. He then has to prove that this new role will be an, an avenue to staying healthier, which has been a problem when the playoffs come around in the last few years. And to me... Chris Paul is one of the ultimate slow it down, survey the floor type of players in basketball where the Warriors just want to get out and run here, Nick. So whose style is going to pull the team in the right direction? Are the Warriors going to speed Chris Paul up? Is Chris Paul going to slow the Warriors down? Probably the truth is somewhere in the middle there. Do you think it works? I'm with you that the truth is in the middle as far as the pairing goes, because Damon, if you play for the Warriors, with the Warriors, you, you, you play the Warriors style, <laughs> or else you get the hell out of here. I mean, we, you and I watched it firsthand with Kelly Oubre. That, <laughs> that, that did not work. I forgot the name. Uh, I forgot the name. I got yeah, exactly. Good Lord. <laughs> that did not work. They knew it didn't work. He was gone. Paul, at this stage of his career, to your point, is a guy who's going to have to fit in. And the reason I think that he will, at least internally, is because he's known Steph for almost two decades. I mean, they have a pre-existing relationship back to when Steph wasn't even in the league. 
Steph has discussed how much he looked up to Paul. Paul took him under his wing for a time. Uh, he was at his camp, all those things. But I don't know if Chris Paul at this stage can play that much faster. And that's why I would be concerned if you're leaning on Paul for anything more than a guy who's going to give you 15, 20-ish minutes a game because you have to attempt to keep him healthy. Now, if there's a team that knows and understands how to do that and how to maximize whatever the group may be going into a postseason run, it's the Warriors. But I'm just I'm, I'm skeptical on the whole move. I, I understand why they had to get off the money. Uh, Poole, it sounded like, just had to get out of there because of all the things that led up to the punch with Draymond and after all season. It sounded like he had changed. But for Chris Paul, I, I'm still – I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around all of it aside from the fact that they cleared out a whole bunch of space and now they have whatever money they would want, you would think, moving forward to keep Draymond for the future. It feels like it's a default setting of anyone who is a Washington wizard. You're in a bad situation. But what do you think of the situation that Jordan Poole now finds himself in? And as the lead dog, what do you think he does for the Wizards? He's going to shoot the hell out of the ball. I know that. Green light. <laughs> I mean, all the way. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like neon green. Uh, for Poole, this is a, a good, and Damon, I'd say a needed situation. Because you watch those games closer than I did. As I'm watching from a distance over the last year, specifically this last season, all the stuff with Draymond and Poole, and it seemed like Poole and the locker room, it, it didn't feel good. It, it just didn't feel like there, the rhythm that had been there was still there the same way for player and for team. You go to the Wizards, the Wizards are completely irrelevant. They're, they don't matter on a grand NBA scale, but if you're Jordan Poole, you've got a hell of a lot of talent. You've already proven yourself to a point where you received the deal that you got, and now you have that added chip on your shoulder of, well, the team that I thought I was going to be with for the long term gave up on me and wanted off my contract, so now I have a chance to do whatever I'd like, especially offensively, with a team that is in a complete rebuild. So for him right now, I think this is a pretty good setup. Now, what he wants his NBA career and his future to be, we're going to find out. But uh, this is a guy who, and I go back in time four or five years ago when he came in to the league, and I always remind people this, and you and I would have the conversation. That first year, Jordan Poole didn't look like an NBA player. He was terrible. He worked his butt off to get to the point where he got he helped them win a title. He got the new contract. So anybody who's just writing off Jordan Poole and saying, ah, well, what we saw last year after the punch is what we're going to see moving forward. He proved me wrong once already, so I'm not going to make the same mistake twice in saying, ah, this guy, he can't do it. He's not the same player. We'll get to the draft picks in just a second. And I know that you cover the league as it is more than the draft and what the league will be. So we're not going to get too deep into the draft. I want to wrap up the Jordan Poole Draymond conversation that we're having with this. I remember 
the day after we saw the video of Draymond punching Jordan Poole, the one thing everyone in the Bay Area agreed on was Jordan's going to be here for a long time and Draymond probably has to go. Well, fast forward to right now, and assuming Draymond opts back in, signs a deal with the Warriors, I mean, forget about winning the battle, which wasn't much of a battle. Draymond ended it in one punch. He's won the battle, and he's won the war. Do you think Draymond's ever felt more powerful than he might right now? Damon, that's a really good question. I would say that the only thing I would compare it to is, yeah, exactly, is uh, we could go back in time. And when they were winning those titles, when you see the way Draymond carried himself, and I go back to that parade, and, and when he's on the stage, I mean, Draymond was like, uh, who's the man? <laughs> I am. Uh, you know, I am the guy. I, I think that would be the only thing that would be close. What Draymond is smart enough to understand is when you have been within an organization as long as he has, and you become a face, and you're a guy who's going to have a statue outside Chase someday, you have earned the right to have so much equity that even, and, and it's such a good point that you made, because even when you look at what happened what was it, eight months ago, seven months ago, when the punch happened, everybody around the league was like, this is it, this is it. And they paid pool. It's over for Draymond there. He is just playing out the string. To have it turn the way it did shows you two things. One, that pool had just completely fallen out of favor in the locker room and within the organization. And two, that Draymond not only still has power and sway internally, but they know they cannot win at the highest level without him. And to me, as much as people are saying, oh, this is about pool and how he couldn't fit and, and everything that had occurred, so much of it is about Draymond because he reminded everyone this team cannot be at its best, even with Steph Curry still at the peak of his powers, unless Draymond, as the engine of the group, is behind them. By the way, is there a league is there a team in this league that is going to lead the league and cause and bitching and moaning to NBA refs more than can you Draymond Green and Chris Paul? I mean, that, that's first team all NBA complaining right there. I just go back. Even as you say that, I go back in time. And it was that first season that I was in the Bay that I was covering the Warriors <laughs> and I believe uh, my friend Marcus Thompson wrote about wrote about the episode in the Athletic, but the Warriors had knocked off the Rockets, and they were so happy because that was the Harden, right? And Chris Paul, and Chris Paul's flopping all over the floor, and he's peak bitching. Rockets, peak Rockets, exactly, and he's bitching about all these calls, and you're like, Ugh. but that was when, <laughs> as the story goes, as Marcus had written it that Paul had locked Steph out of the gym. And I remember being there, Damon, after game six in Houston, and Draymond and Steph were beaming. They were so happy that they had knocked, not only knocked off the Rockets and and the history that, that had happened there, but that they got the best of Chris Paul, of all people. And now, a few years later, here we are. So... The answer to your question is, hell no. There's not going to be a team that bitches more. Because Draymond, it's nonstop. And Chris Paul, it's nonstop. The only thing is, 
Chris Paul is not playing 40 minutes a game every night. So he'll be he'll be going back and forth from the bench a lot more. But, oh, man, I, I just – when I saw the deal go down, I, I thought to myself, they better load up on – all kinds of Motrin for Steve Kerr and that coaching staff because it is just not going to stop the constant complaining. Oh, it will. It will. Uh, it is so good to be talking to Nick Friedel. And again, I, I know you don't really cover the draft very much, and I'm guessing an awful lot like me, you didn't watch much Santa Clara Broncos basketball. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask you for a full scouting report of Brandon Pajemski or even Trace Jackson Davis, who I've been advocating for for a long time. I thought he would be a good fit in the right situation, and the Warriors are that situation. I think he can be Kavon Looney, but a better finisher. Um, You know, I I think the most optimistic look at this is the Warriors have drafted what, what their draft picks lack in physical NBA measurable attributes that GMs covet. They make up for in just being basketball players. And it feels like that's a little bit of a reversal of direction where raw talent defined the last few drafts that haven't really worked out. I think they got less raw talent and more basketball knowledge in these two picks. Uh, I would agree with the assessment from what I've read. Damon, it seems like these guys will come in and at least have a chance to be at the back end of the roster. But it's like everything else with the Warriors. They make these picks. Some some have panned out. Notably, Jordan Poole is the first one that pops to mind. A lot haven't. So, on paper, it makes sense to draft another point guard, especially with Paul coming in. Who knows if he's going to be able to stay healthy at the age uh, that he's at. But it will be crucial. And I thought it was hilarious and fitting that the kid from Santa Clara's dad gets on there right after, and he's like, my, my son gets to learn from Steph Curry <laughs> every day? Are you kidding me? I, that is That might as well be the tagline for every draft pick who comes into the facility. You have Steph and Draymond and Clay, and you have Steve Kerr. Everybody's going to the Hall of Fame. Soak up as much as you can. Use that to your advantage and pour in the work behind it, and let's see what happens. I wouldn't expect anybody to have any kind of major role this season because this is a team very clearly that still believes it can win a title. But in theory, I liked the selection of a point guard, especially with the first-round pick, because you give your ch- yourselves a chance to let a guy develop behind one of the all-time greats, and you say, pour everything you got into this and let's see what happens. So ESPN plucked you out of our Bay area to go and cover the Brooklyn nets, which at the time seemed like a great idea at this particular time seems like less of a great idea. What is next for Nick Friedel? I mean, I know we're talking to you in your central park West penthouse apartment in New York city. Uh, So tell us what is next. Are they going to be either sending you back to us? Are you maybe going to be shipped to Phoenix because that's a team that's going to garner an awful lot of attention. Um, What's next for Nick Friedel next basketball season? Mr. Bruce, the answer is nobody knows right now, uh, including me. And we're going to wait to see what happens this summer and how things play out. Uh, I was I was pushing to Phoenix for, to go to Phoenix around February after that. Heat. 
deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, after that KD deal went down, but uh, there, I think everybody's hesitant because there are so many people in LA. And I mean, let's be real the the fan base within Phoenix is just not that gigantic. It's still not a, a national team like the Warriors have become, uh, like the Lakers certainly are with LeBron. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I did enjoy though the last few months after being around so many teams and so much soap opera drama with the Nets since I left the Bay, the Warriors, especially that first year when I got there, the last Kevin year, and the Bulls with all those Derrick Rose injuries for so many years and Tibbs in the front office. It was nice bouncing around the league a little bit more and seeing different teams and being able to have conversations with people uh, that I've known a long time, and and that culminated for me being able to cover the Heat and Jimmy Butler in the finals because I've known Jimmy since the day he came into the league, and right. to see the transformation that he went through to go from the last guy on the bench to one of the biggest stars in the game right now is unbelievable. But uh, I would tell you on a much broader note to the conversation, forget my my job put that aside and where I, I may or may not be in a few months. What I'm really concerned about as far as the NBA goes, and it ties directly to the Bay and with Steph, is for so many years it's been LeBron, Steph, Kevin. That hasn't changed. It still hasn't changed. But you start looking at the ages. LeBron's got a couple years left, three years maybe, he wants to play with Bronny. Steph's 35, you know, how many more years does he have at this level? Kevin's going to be 35 in September. And you start to go, okay, well, who are the next faces coming behind them? And you always hear people say Giannis, Jokic was incredible in the postseason, Luka in Dallas. But, Damon, you and I both know that so much of this is who do the fans connect with? Who resonates with them? And the NBA always finds this answer. But what I would tell you, having not only lived it for my professional career going on almost 15 years now, but having watched it those last few months after the KD and Kyrie deals, I think the league is going to have a little issue here because I don't see that next face coming up. It was supposed to be Ja. He, he has wiped out those chances for the time being. Jason Tatum's a hell of a player, but he's kind of a boring personality. So who is coming in the next couple seasons? And I think the NBA is going to go through some gap years here trying to figure that out. And that relates directly to not only me, but so many of the people that cover the league. Ah, you clearly don't know who Brandon Pajemski is. Oh, my goodness. The face of the NBA is coming your way. Nick, uh, you are so good at what you do. We miss you out here in the Bay. When you get back out here, let me know. We're overdue for dinner, for drinks, and more off-the-record conversation. Thanks for putting a conversation on the record here. It was great catching up with you, man. I know that fans miss you. You've always given it to everyone honestly. And that is a rare trait in a media that's just looking for attention. You're just trying to tell everyone what you really believe and see, and that is a valuable thing. Thank you so much for being such a valuable friend and a good friend. It's great to see you, pal. David, I appreciate everything you said. I've told you this many times. I don't get a door open in the Bay, especially within the radio world without you, and I can't thank you enough for that, but I've always enjoyed our conversations, and we'll get to the hopper here at some point. 
this summer. But but uh, I, I'm with you. It's going to be an interesting next few months here. And it was good to be with you on the Plus. I'm proud of you for making it uh, starting to roll here. What's a radio station? I used to know you. <laughs> radio? What's that? You're the best, Nick. Thank you. You got it.